so what is your dad's plan then after this? Like, I don't even know what that really truly means to go bankrupt. After you declare that and go through the proceedings and all the paperwork you have to fill out, what happens after that? Nothing really. Uh, you just get absolved of most of your credit. Uh, you d oh. Yeah. Oh, your your phone's going off. Good thing we're not recording yet. It would have been great if except, that was a... Except we are, Grant. If that was, if that was a DM, I would have just been like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. Yeah, all these all these messages I've been sending to you that you just ignore in my mind that you're just ignoring, I, I, and then you tell me it's like, oh no, it just has not been notified. Yeah, I, you. I like I'm sitting there and I remember I looked at my, we're gonna just breeze past the bankruptcy now. Figure it out on your yeah. own, people. I was I was sitting on my Google is there for a reason, okay? But, just do okay, it. Okay, let me just sum it up really quick. Nothing really happens except you can't like get a credit card, you can't get a car, you can't get something for about seven years. You got your credits just wrecked, destroyed, um, but you, they don't, they don't vindictively go after you. Right. Okay. Uh, basically they, they don't want to make people homeless. They don't want to do all this stuff. As long as you're working with people and proving that you did your best, as long as you're not living in a home, you know, like a $15 million home, then they would take your home. But if you're living in a reasonably priced home for the amount of people that live there blah 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 all that stuff what what is reasonably priced in california i don't know like a few hundred thousand dollars okay you know uh we live out in the suburbs so it's not that expensive but orange county is probably sim uh, a similar home is probably 750 to a million dollars you do have the the outhouse that you use on on a regular basis that's true. I actually do have to pee outside a lot because in the mornings, my brother takes uh, an hour in the bathroom. Mm -hmm. And if I have to pee, I'm just like, well, I guess I'm going out in the side yard. Do you, do you have a pee spot? Well, I mean, I pee in the same general vicinity, like right outside the door. Yeah. Is all the grass is dead there now? Well, no, it's or... it's like a side little rock. Oh, gotcha. There's a sidewalk. Are the rocks just all dead there now? Yeah. Or... Well, th their eyes are dead. Yes. <laughs> I assume much like the uh, the hookers that some some politician used in Russia, their eyes are dead mm -hmm. now. Uh, but yeah, my, my phone, my my Twitter app, it used the the native Twitter app. It it doesn't give me uh, DM notifications barely. So when when I find like I was on my phone at noon, and I was just looking through things, and it, it was in between episodes of of uh, Luke Cage. Right, and which for some reason you are forcing yourself to watch. Yeah, it's not bad. I like it. Uh, I mean, Alfre Woodard. What what more do you want? Theo uh, Rossi's great. Those two uh, people are fantastic. Um, and and so uh, I was on it at twelve, and you hadn't sent me anything yet. I looked in the DM thing, and then I think you sent me one at twelve oh four. Okay, <laughs> that sounds about right. Because I, rem <clears throat> I remember it was it was 12 because I was like, I should really eat. Let me see here. This is a great play-by-play -play here, Grant. Yeah. While you're looking that up, I'm just going to... 12.08. Okay. We DM'd this morning at... Uh, you DM'd me at 6.24. I did get that notification. And I responded back right away. And then you DM'd me right after I must have put the phone down. And then I, I picked it up later, and I was screwing around, but I wasn't in the DM folder. Sure. If I'm in the DM folder, they show up, like, right away. I, I don't get a notification necessarily, but the thing goes gray, you know, with the bold lettering. Yes, I understand how apps work. Yep. So, whatever. So, I'm thinking about switching apps. Which one are you using right now? The Just the native Twitter app. Oh, there's your problem. Everyone right tells there. me that's my problem, but I've, I really haven't had a problem with it. Um except for this ever-increasing DM situation mm -hmm. because over the past year, the DM thing has gotten worse and worse and worse and worse. Have you thought that maybe it's the phone overriding it and it's just like, you know, he has a lot of crap that he has to deal with. Maybe just not right now. Well, to be fair, I, I, I have my phone set up to give me way too many notifications. Yeah, I, I learned that lesson. I I only get very basic notifications anymore. Like I gotta get gotta get rid of the Facebook memories notifications. I'm like I don't need these. And then I need to. I wish I could make it so that I only get Gmail notifications when it's from, you know, like a handful of people. 
Right. I don't need my DQ Blizzard newsletter notification. I love the fact that you have a DQ Blizzard notification. Well, I do it so I can get myself a free. Scorbits are in town. <laughs> I get a free. I get a free uh, uh, ice cream on my birthday. That's. <laughs> I signed up for all these free things, and um, uh, uh, you did not put that upside down when you give it to me. So back it goes. <laughs> my, my favorite. Last time I got a Blizzard, it was a Blizzard with a lid on it, and they flipped it upside down, and I'm like this. This this is not exactly what you're advertising here. Not not, not as cool as what this this should be. But they got rid of Snickers, uh, and I'm like, what? Uh, I haven't been to, I haven't point? been to Dairy Queen in so long that I didn't know that they tr- they transitioned their toppings. I just thought they always had like the basic five, you know, Snickers, M M&M, and M, Reese's Pieces, whatever. No, they have like seasonal ones and stuff like that too. Yeah, apparently like cotton candy. Who'd eat that? Yeah, that's gross. Uh, welcome to whatever this is. This is a podcast where two guys sit down and you know discover whatever this is. My name is Kyle, and I am talking with Grant, irate over cotton candy tingly. I've only had cotton candy a few times, and never once was it an enjoyable experience. You just get, you just get <laughs> like there's a crust around your mouth. Yeah, you just get like your hands are sticky and your face is sticky, and the taste isn't really that good. No, you could just just you know get yourself a, a fun dip. And almost the same I, experience, just not as light. I just eat real cotton. I don't. I don't need it all gussied up. Racist. Mm-hmm. So, Grant, I think there is one thing that we need to address right here at the top of the show. Probably the biggest thing is at the top of people's minds. <laughs> the biggest the thing, thing that's that ever happened. Been, biggest thing that's ever happened, but also the thing that's probably, and I don't want to over. Overload this or or go into hyperbole, but it's probably the thing that has been consuming the minds of our audience more than anything has in the past. And I, of course, am talking about how I am the winner of the summer movie wager. Yep, I have finally conquered the beast. See, Jason has won over Goliath. The boyhood dream has come true. Uh, I am the winner of this year's summer movie wager. Congratulations. Okay, well, you're not as excited as I think you should be. But this is a big deal for me because I don't think I have even come close to winning the last few years that we've actually done this well, uh, in the past. If I remember correctly, and I probably don't, I, I seem to remember that we were close uh, nearing yeah. nearing uh, in, you know, in the middle and nearing the, the last third of the contest, yeah. and then I would pull so, away. In 2016, you won with 41 points, and I lost with 38 points, so I was three points behind you. But clearly, we learned how to get better at this. Yeah. Uh, but 2017, uh, Grant like destroyed me. Uh, 53 points he had, and I had 40. Like He just wrecked me. Uh, I think this was, what was this? This is the year that I thought for sure... What did I put in there? Oh, yeah, this is how, like, Wonder Woman was number one, and both of us were like, nope, it's going to be so low on the list. We were all idiots. Uh, But then this year, the actual total point score, this is the most points either of us have ever had. I won with 75 points, and Grant uh, lost with 65. So I was 10 points ahead. Now, the one thing, there's two things that I want to give you huge credit for. Okay, sure. What's that? Uh, one is the Meg. <laughs> yeah, I hit the Meg dead on, and that's basically what pushed me over. And I edge. remember thinking when you said the Meg, I'm like, oh, yeah, I didn't even think about that. Well, to be fair, no one actually thought it was going to make all that much money. Like, all the prognosticators thought it was not even get anywhere close to the top ten. So this was me being a little bit of a bold choice, and it paid off. And the second one, which you didn't get any points on, was Crazy Rich Asians, which... Clearly, if you were given one more week, you probably would have yes. gotten points on it. That's, that is true. If it was one more week, it would also be in the top ten. Uh, but that's the uh, that's the way it goes. It uh, didn't didn't work out. But that is that is kind of crazy to think about. Here is the actual top ten. And for those of you who might be joining in late, the summer movie wager is basically at the beginning of the summer. We both sat down. We stole this from a couple of other podcasts to do the same thing. But you're supposed to predict what you think are going to be the top 10 grossing films domestically here in North America. Worldwide box office doesn't count. And it goes from 
although this was slightly tweaked this year, uh, the first weekend in May to the last weekend, uh, or I guess the first weekend in September. It's the Labor Day long weekend that it goes up until. So uh, the actual top 10 movies this year were The Meg which you, at number which 10. Which you got right on. Ocean's 8, Hotel Transylvania 3, Mission Impossible Fallout, Solo, A Star Which Wars Which I story. got right on. Uh, actually, I think Blake, who helped us with this list, completely helped us. He did the whole thing. Uh, what does he have here? I'm just going to read his, his uh, tweet that he showed up here. But Ant-Man beat out Solo by $60,000. Uh, which would have won it for for Grant. So, <laughs> uh, if those two had actually flipped over, you would have had two dead on, and and I would have probably lost even with the Meg uh, coming in at number ten. So, oh yeah, playing so I got, Solo. I, I'm. What number are you on? Well, Solo was number six. Ant Man was number five. Yeah. So, so I had I had Ant Man number seven with you, and I had Solo number six. You had Hotel right. Transylvania. Deadpool. Two at number four, Jurassic World at three, Incredibles two at two, and then Avengers Infinity War was the number one grossing film of the summer. And we each hit a uh, bunch of right ons. Yeah, which ones did we get? We got Avengers both dead on. I got Incredibles two. I got dead. dead I got on. Deadpool. You got Deadpool dead on, and I think one of us also got one else dead on. But I'm going back and forth here too quick. Oh, I got the Meg dead yeah. on. I think that's all. I think that's all. And I think that's all. Did oh Hotel Transylvania was in there, so I got that as a dark horse. And I had it in my actual top ten list, so I got more points yep. for it. <laughs> uh, actually, I don't know how how many points I actually we, got because it was two spots. Yeah, we away, we, but we still. spoke a lot about how I thought Hotel Transylvania was played out, and you're, you're like, I don't know, man, and I'm like, I know kids' movies, you never know. My, my my nephew watches the first one like all the friggin' time. So well, your nep your nephew's stupid. Uh, Grant, just to go over it, your top ten was Skyscraper, Mamma Mia, Ocean's Eight, Ant Man and the Wasp, Solo, Mission Impossible, Fallout, Deadpool Two, Incredibles Two, Jurassic World, Avengers Infinity War, and then my uh, top ten. Actually, let me go back here. Okay, yeah, that's it. I got the first, I got the top three dead on plus number ten dead on. So I got most of my list right. When I, and when I say most of my list, I mean 40% of my list was dead on. Uh, so mine was The Meg, Mamma Mia, Mission Impossible Fallout, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Hotel Transylvania 3, Deadpool 2, Solo, Jurassic World, Incredibles 2, and then Inven Avengers Infinity War. So any big call-outs you want to talk about as far as the actual top 10? Like things that you're somewhat surprised about or things that you think you maybe should have known going in? Well... It it's always going to be tough because uh, kids' movies always screw up everything. And I thought that the uh, – what I probably failed to take into account was Jurassic World. Sure, that, that'll that get the adults and the kids, but I forgot to think about how Incredibles 2 would get the kids from 10 years ago or 20 years ago even, however long that first one came out, plus their kids – Plus the parents of the kids from 20 years ago because right. they had to go. Now these people are taking their kids. So I, I, what I failed to realize was the three generations of people that are going to go see that movie. So, and, and yeah, if I, I mean, had to say something like Jurassic World obviously has the uh, fatigue, even though it's number three, it has the fatigue, clearly has the fatigue. Do you did, have you even seen Jurassic World? I saw a trailer. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't even seen it. The whole the, the movie. I still have to wait for it to come out on. Disc, I, I, I remember. Guess. Is that how people watch movies? Now? I remember when it was in the theater, and I looked at my movie pass, and I'm like, I have better uses for not using this. <laughs> you know, I would rather just cut this up. Honestly, I I do, I do not want to waste it. Uh, by the way, Movie Pass is it still a thing? Still, I I don't know. I hear the death knell like every couple of weeks. Well, I think if I if I asked them for, they'd give me a refund on the remainder of my annual subscription. Right. Are you close to a? Oh my gosh, maybe some theater chains in the U.S. 
Uh, I'm close to a reading. I'm not close to. I'm close. The next one's an Edwards, and then the next one's an independent cinema, and then the next one's a dollar cinema, and then the next one's an AMC is the furthest one away within reasonable driving distance. I don't think it's AMC though. There's there's one that has uh, something kind of like movie. Yeah, AMC has something called Ticket Stubs. Is that what I'm thinking? Yeah, Ticket Stubs. Anyways, it's like two movies a month or something like that for. Yeah, clear, clearly we're going to come down to about two or three movies a month. Uh, mm-hmm. What would be nice if um, if they if they lower it down to two or three movies a month, they also would throw in things like special event uh, movies, you know, like uh, something like the Bolshoi. Right. You know, they they show that or uh, Frankenstein it, it, with it is, Johnny Lee Miller. True. And most people who most people who are going to go and see Avengers Infinity War are just really super into Russian and ballet. Well, I, just love I think it. it would be neat if they uh, said you get two movies a month. Plus, we'll, we'll like toss in special events or discounts to some of those special. What I forget what they call those screenings. They have a name for them. Um, mm-hmm. But they do Broadway. I think Hamilton's going to be doing it soon. Um, so... You know, I think that would be because that would bring people in to see stuff they normally wouldn't. Well, I definitely think it's the the future of movie going. I think that for better or for worse, even if you are like this big hater of movie pass, what it forced the theaters to do was realize like our traditional model here is failing. Yeah, it's not working like people are you know, disliking the cost of a movie ticket, but they also dislike the fact that uh, of the actual experience itself. So I think that one, being able to be like, yeah, I'll, I'll throw in my $10 a month or $15 a month so that I'm guaranteed to come and see two or three movies. That's cool. That's a deal that I can't pass up. This may mean I'll even go and seek out other movies that I may not have necessarily wanted to see, well, the, it, but I'm, I'm willing to do it. And the it. thing is my, my theater, the reading theater now has a restaurant and their food is actually pretty good. So right. now I'm willing to go use my movie pass and instead of using that money towards a ticket, I use it towards lunch or dinner. Yeah. I think that's the the other <sighs> big thing is that theaters, at least the bigger chains are really recognizing that yes, the movies are there and that is a pr- uh, one of the primary things that are driving <sighs> money into into their places of money, money, money. But, <laughs> thank you. You you will be watching some more ABBA. Uh, stay tuned folks. But the <sighs> The fact that uh, they are more of like an entertainment place, meaning they have the food and they might have like other like games or something that's there on the premises. It's something that you can actually make money out of without having to go and see a film. There's actually a new movie theater that just opened here on the east side of Calgary that I in the um, Seton area, if people know where that is here uh, in the city. Anyways. It is basically the Alamo Draft House without being able to be called the Alamo Draft House. Are you, are you going to get that grant? Or I don't know what's going on here. I told you I get too many notifications, but jeez. Yeah. If only there was a way to silence phones. It's too bad they haven't made that technology Well, my, my mom has uh, breakthrough the silence technology. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, mums do have that power up, so there's there's only so much you can do. The uh, but yeah, anyway, so it's basically the Alamo Draft House without them being able to be called the Alamo Draft House. So it's like meals like that are delivered to where you're seated. Yeah. Uh, no kids allowed. <laughs> basically, it's an 18 plus theater that that you're going. Yes, yeah, sadly, uh, sadly, my full penetration, full penetration, full penetration, raw dog penetration yeah. from uh from one of the Trumps. Yeah, it's true. Probably, yeah, Tiff- probably in, Tiffany. It's it it's actually was Don Junior. I thought, but well, uh, he was there for the opening. If you know what opening. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I got you. Okay, so uh, yeah, sadly, my theater uh, doesn't have uh, the twenty-one and up showings, uh, which I think all movie theaters should have. You know, especially. By the way, just to, just so people do understand. 18 plus and, and 21 plus are the same thing, the same yeah. thing uh, because of the metric conversion mm-hmm. here in Canada. Yep. 21 actually equals 18. Yeah. So. That's why my dick is so much bigger in Canada. Correct, yeah. Um, but uh, the, uh, uh, you know, I think especially on opening weekends for big movies, they should, 
you know, pick like three movies that day to be 21 and up or up there 18 and up, even for places that don't sell alcohol. Sure. Just to be like, let's get these damn fucking kids out of here and let adults be able to watch up without having all the little kids go, where did the old lady go, mommy? <laughs> right. Uh, well, getting back to our list here, uh, just some things that I am pulling out. One thing that I've, I've said a few times here now over the last few weeks is that I am still pretty shocked that Deadpool outgrossed Solo. I know that you had it that way on your list, but I was like, for sure, 100%. There's no way that an R-rated superhero comedy is going to outgross a movie about Han Solo. There's just no way. And that's exactly uh, you know what happened. That was, yeah, that Solo. was one of our big battle points, because I was positive. Mm-hmm. Um, Solo very much underperformed. In fact, Ant-Man, like we said, also outgrows Solo, which boggles my mind that that was even able to happen. And I guess I'm curious here, is that do you think this is blowback from Star Wars as a whole, or is this blowback from the non-Star Walker saga Star Wars movies? Well, I, I think um, there's there's franchise fatigue with Star Wars, um, just in general. I think they'll begrudgingly go and see a Skywalker movie. The fanboys will begrudgingly go and see the next, they'll see episode nine, whether they'll see episode 10. Now that's an interesting question. Well, actually I think it's still an interesting question to know how episode nine is going to do. Right. I mean, force awakens like made a billion some dollars worldwide. Uh, episode eight. I always forget how this goes. Three, six. Yeah. Episode eight did not gross as much as force awakens. So how is episode nine going to do? Is it going to make more, make less? Like, but what, episode what eight still JJ comes episode back? eight still made over a billion dollars. Did it really? Yeah. I don't know. I, I haven't looked at the. Yeah, because I, I was but... Ryan Johnson was talking about how he was going from uh, his last film, which grossed over a billion dollars, to the Knives Out movie with Daniel Craig. Sure. So, yeah, yeah. which I don't know anything about this except it's a murder mystery, and I'm like, oh, this is interesting, and it's called Knives Out. Hmm. I'm down for that. Daniel Craig, hopefully putting on a, one of his really weird American accents. I don't know if I've actually heard his American have, Well, accent. have you, you ever watched Lucky Logan? You're just like, yes, what is this? What is this he's doing? That's nothing I've heard before. <laughs> but he's done he's done an American accent before, and he's very good at it. But he does some weird inflections sometimes, which is, I find pretty funny. Uh, I'm just looking it up. Yeah, total domestic gross for Last Jedi was $620 million. And then you add on the $712 million it made worldwide. So whatever that is, $1.1 billion. 1.3. Yeah, that's called math. I've, I've not heard of that, actually, so I apologize. Uh, not taught to us here in Canadian schools. So, yeah, I guess that's hard to look <laughs> at and be like... they're busy. They're busy teaching you this type of math. Mm-hmm. If uh, a really rich person has $1 million and you have $0, how much money do you have? $500,000. Why? If a very rich person has a $1 million and you're only making $5 an hour, why are you such an ingrate? That's the United States. Yeah. yeah. That's U.S. math. So then looking at – In Canada, if you have cancer, why are you living longer? Right. Solve for why. <laughs> Solve for why. Uh, no, I was going to, this is going to get into another Star Wars conversation, which I know our audience loves. But I'm curious then. So, Force Awakens makes over a billion dollars. Uh, Last Jedi makes over a billion dollars. So, do you think that the huge pushback that came at Last Jedi, because that, there's, I just find it hard to believe that when you saw so much criticism and vitriol coming out of it, even though the critics really loved Last Jedi, I think it's safe to assume that at least the hardcore Star Wars fans were pretty split on it, to be mild, about the criticism that it, that it faced. Do you think that that was just a real vocal minority then? Because I just I can't see a movie that lots of people dislike getting over $600 million at the box office here I, I, domestically. Because def- that means people are going again and again and again. I definitely think the majority of uh, any nerd property 
the majority of them, unless you're Justice League, uh, mm-hmm. it's a vocal, very loud minority. Like who's who's really starting? And it's also ridiculous. Like the ridiculous stuff they do, where they're trying to get a uh, the mo- the movie removed from canon via petition. So they're <laughs> right, doing right, they're right. doing you know publicity stunts. Right, and Ryan Johnson's wearing Nike shoes. Damn it! We're gonna we're gonna blow this thing up. Yep. Uh, lastly, that I just want to bring up. I know that <sighs> we keep talking about fatigue and. Uh, of uh, franchise fatigue, but as far as Marvel goes, I mean the number one movie was Infinity War. Ant Man and the Wasp did better than expected. I mean, and De- Deadpool still counts. And Deadpool is still there, so it's hard to make that claim. I think that people are sick of superhero films when Marvel has three of the top ten films of the summer. Because out of out of all the the Fox properties, the easiest one that's just going to slide right into the MCU is Deadpool. Because it's just going to. You really think yeah, so? You really think he, so? I don't think Disney wants Deadpool anywhere. Well, no, near I'm just saying. I'm just saying the easiest one that would, because all he has to do is say, "Hey, we're in the MCU now. Problem done." That's all he has to say. I, I know, and I and I don't think it's one of those things where I, I saw a lot of people on Twitter mostly, not necessarily journalists or anything like that. But mentioning Oh, if how... they're on Twitter, they're a journalist. Oh, I, I apologize. They're micro-journalists. But the fact that Deadpool, like, I don't think Disney's going to make another Deadpool movie. Disney doesn't make R-rated movies. I'm like, well, Disney doesn't, but its subsidiaries certainly do. Uh, like Miramax back in the day and uh, Touchstone Pictures, which it owned. Like, they made R-rated well, movies. They, they just didn't have the Disney brand on it. Are they bringing back Buena Vista? I think I read that somewhere. Possibly. But, I mean, I I think 20th Century Fox will probably still be a studio. I'm using air quotes right now. A studio that they can throw some R-rated stuff yeah. inside of. And they're, they're, they still own that property. I think Deadpool is safe in that capacity. I But I... And maybe he'll they'll be able to throw some Marvel characters into Deadpool, but I do not see Deadpool ever coming anywhere near the actual MCU proper. By the way, throwing some R-rated stuff inside you is actually uh, was the advertisement logline for the Don Jr. opening of your new uh, Alamo Draft House. That's right. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm surprised you actually saw those brochures that got sent out to. Well, I'm I'm to I'm on like uh, Calgary Don Junior Google alerts. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> There's only two people that follow those, so that's that's very nice. Don Junior uh, and me. Yeah. Any any other big call-outs you want to say about the summer movie wager? You know, um, there was one thing, and I can't remember exactly what it was. I was thinking about it last night. Uh, when I when I sent you that one, uh, but I mean, if if we look at our top ten, there there's out of the actual top ten, can you say there's actually a surprise on there? Really, from what we not picked? really. I mean, maybe even though I I picked it, I think maybe the Meg maybe the, is Meg. the only one that you could make a a case for being somewhat of a surprise. But I mean, if you look at our picks, it's like we both both of us together. If we may have done a lineup together. We could have probably got even close to 100 points. Yeah, because I don't think – I don't have anything on my list that didn't make the top 10. I just didn't get them in the right order. And then for you, the only one that didn't make the top 10 was Sky- Skyscraper. So nine out of your 10 films were in the top 10. We might be getting a little, we it, might be getting a little Dwayne Johnson fatigue. <laughs> that that Ram- you are not Rampage and Skyscraper. Can I say the next big thing here? as far as like wrestlers crossing over into popular culture now that John Cena is kind of like segueing out of wrestling and getting into more movie roles I'm actually more interested to see what his career looks like because as much as hey I am a big rock fan and Dave Bautista always will be and Dave Bautista I just think that Cena actually has more range, weirdly. Well, and he's picking the, he's picking the weird roles. He's like... Like super weird he, roles. He was in Sisters. He was in Cock Blockers. You're, and he was butt-chugging beer in Cock Blockers. You're like, yeah. what is this? John Cena was just like, you know what I'm going to do? Not yeah. what you expect me to do, period. Because almost every, I mean, every single person that transitions from wrestling to acting almost always does at least one or two action movies first. 
And John well, Cena did like the Marine Five or something. Like straight to DVD thing, yeah. yeah, he did that. But I think he's really smart that him, just like The Rock, is doing a bunch of comedies to show off, like, hey, I have range. I'm not just a, a an action star here. But I actually am interested to see if they could get John Cena into, like, a fairly high-profile action flick. Uh, but you bring up Batista. I think he is actually the most interesting out of those three, you know, he what does he pick? He picked Guardians of the Galaxy, which is weird. Blade Runner twenty really paid off for him. Blade Runner twenty played a very subdued the, character. Yeah, very subtle. Really, really good. And then was the villain in the last James Bond film, which again so, was it was an over the top, but very an over the top subdued subtle performance. Yeah, so I think that he would have definitely. I'm actually interested to see where else his career goes because of his how tall and how like just massive he is there's only so many roles he can i think believably be well, put we, in. we've talked about I think he actually, we talked about that before with with the rock if he wants to expand his range he's gonna have to stop being so huge right because there's only so much of like an everyman feel that you can have for them or it's like stop trying to make him an everyman like in skyscraper not that i've seen it that sounds like what he is like he's married to nev campbell and he has kids and he's lost a leg so they're like really trying to put things into his way to like he's just like us except is like jacked and uh, like a greek adonis well that's why they, like, they forget why die hard worked john mcclain right. was like your neighbor that's a little racist <laughs> well sure but uh but but with uh, cena specifically unlike those other two like unlike batista and the rock he's a little bit shorter than those people. He's still like six feet, I think. So it's not like he's like a midget or anything like that. He's also jacked, but can kind of hide that depending on the wardrobe that people decide to have well, did him you, in. So did you see him what he what he wore in cock blockers? It was like a like super short khaki shorts, and he had his phone no. in a in the clip on phone thing on his hip. Oh, I love. And he it. had I a short so a short sleeved button up kind of like plaid number gingham number. I, yeah, I've ha- I've heard actually really good reviews from. Cock I loved Blockers. it a lot. I, I loved it. I haven't checked it out, so um, I'm gonna see it. But I was gonna say, talking about essentially superheroes and superhero fatigue, as we're recording this, there's this big announcement that EW, that short for Entertainment Weekly, released. What uh, what was this big news, Grant? It's my computer still trying to load the pictures. Oh, great. Okay. So, anyways, it, it released uh, 10 images from the new Captain Marvel movie. Uh, one was luckily a scroll. One was the back of Ronin. One was uh, Jude Law. Not looking like Marvel, looking like the human version of Marvel. Uh, mm-hmm. Captain Marvel in her uh, OG uniform, not that weird green one we saw. You know what I do hope? I really hope that they are able to redeem. The character of Ronan, who is absolutely the weakest part of the first Guardians of the Galaxy film, where I just don't, I don't know, I never liked him much as a villain because I don't understand really why he's trying to destroy all the planets. Well, it would have been other than he's just a big bad one. It, it would have been planets. neat if we would have gotten less, even though he's barely in it, less Thanos in Guardians One, more Ronan. You know, have it be who's supplying, who's behind him be more of a mystery even though we would all know it's Thanos. Right. You know, and basically when, you know, have the reveal of it being Thanos uh, basically be, uh, we know that uh, Gamora is Thanos' daughter. But Dave Pautista, once they kill Ronan, he goes, yes, now we must go after Thanos. He's the real bad guy. And then they go to him in his floating chair. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, oh, here we go. Another four hours of movie, please. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they're showing off a, a bunch of character designs. I think the scrolls do look pretty pretty great. I think that the costume design of the superhero suit for Captain Marvel looks uh, pretty decent. Well, what is her, what is her, what thing, is her group called? Like the Star Raiders or something? Star somethings? Honestly, I don't remember. I, don't know, I, don't I, I never read much of the cosmic storylines from from my marvel days what i wanted to say though there's a picture here of samuel l jackson in this movie and because it's taking place like 30 years ago they've aged him down they've digitally altered his face and i say that that technology has basically been perfected i remember the first time they tried to do it with like robert downey jr in iron man 3 and i was like Ugh, 
Like it's kind of there, but I can still tell there's something weird going on here. What is it? And what is that called? The Valley of the un- Uncanny un- Dolls, or, unca- or the Uncanny no, Valley? <laughs> Valley of the Uncanny Dolls. I like that better. Uh, uncanny Valley, though, is okay. is what it's called. But then I thought that when they had um, oh, what's his face in Guardians Two, uh, Kurt Russell. Uh, Kurt Russell. When they aged down Kurt Russell, I was like, whoa, that looks really good. And now here, Samuel L. Jackson's like that is literally young Samuel L. Jackson. Like that, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. That's young Samuel Jackson. How did they ca- how did they film this movie 30 years ago, knowing that it would actually pay off? It's basically boyhood, is what they did. Yes. Well, there's uh, I don't know. Um, um, other than that, we don't know much about Captain Marvel, mm-hmm. uh, except that she does have her little superhero team of Star Raiders, is what we're gonna call them. Mm-hmm. Um, but have you? St- I think they're called Star Raiders of the Uncanny Valley Dolls. There's <laughs> uh, written by Roger. Ebert. Ebert. Yeah. Um, yep. So there's um there's a a thing uh, an episode of the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt okay. that they've spun off. It was an Go episode, on. but they made it into its own little forty minute movie, and oh, really? and it has John Hamm as the Reverend, whatever his name is, that put them all in the bunker. Wait a second. Sorry, is this like an actual episode? If you were watching Kimmy Schmidt, or is this like a separate thing on? Yeah, Netflix I think it was. I think it was uh, episode. Th- or season three, episode four. Okay. And it's about a DJ who in the he's this is his third episode in the show. And he's getting married and he wants to get his famous, like his favorite DJ as a kid, DJ Slizzard, to DJ his wedding. And it turns out okay. that's the reverend that put all the ladies in the bunker. So he has to go okay. to prison and talk to John Hamm. Now, the point of this whole thing is what they do is they do boyhood this. Because they use an episode of The Big Date from, I think, 1994, where John Hamm was a contestant uh, trying to win the affections of a lady to go on a big date. That's amazing. And and because he's such a doofus, it perfectly works in cadence with his character on the show. You got you to okay. track it down. You don't need to watch the rest of the show to understand it because they recap everything. It is a little standalone thing. But definitely, but I mean, you know the premise already. You watched season one, and I'm assuming season two. So, yes, uh, and season three is the latest one. Yeah, it's out now. Came out. Of yeah, I know. I just a few months ago. I I'm so behind the times. I'm I still haven't gotten through El, Ella Disenchanted, whatever that cartoon is called. That's not gonna happen. Probably won't. Uh, but I'll, I'm try, I'm trying. I'm trying my best. Trying my best over I, here. I look at that uh, and I'm like, you know. You know, let's just go to YouTube. <laughs> I'm just going to watch a vlog about it. I don't I don't really care that much. Uh, well, talk about television. Let's end off here then, Grant. There's some new TV coming out here pretty soon. Is there anything that you're excited about? Yeah, it's going to be controversial, but I, I, I'm powering through, uh, ironically, Power Man, Luke Cage, uh, sure, because sure. Uh, I got two episodes. I thought it was going to be like really controversial. I was like, this is going to be controversial, but I'm loving uh, Alex Jones' new TV show. So two episodes, two episodes left, and then I get to go into Iron Fist on Friday. And the last trailer for Iron Fist I thought I really liked. I've, I've read some preliminary headline reviews. I haven't d- dug deep into the reviews because I'm trying to uh, not do that as much as I used to. Um, mm-hmm. And some of the re- headline reviews say it's a little better, not much. It's a little better. And, well, and, I guess you can only hope for so and much. And season one, I think, is 17% on Rotten Tomatoes. So, All right. Well, <laughs> good luck with that. Uh, I'm not going to do that. I'll tell you that well, right what's now. One so. of your TV shows you're going to look forward to. Well, I mean, it's so obvious if you've, if you've seen it. It, it was, basically it was an email that got sent to me by Netflix. It was like, by the way, this show is coming out on the twentieth. I'm like, oh man, which is BoJack Horseman. Oh, I thought I thought you were I thought you were going to say uh, uh, Bo Burnham raw, naked, uncut, and making every movie you want by request. <laughs> C is jizz in three D. 4D. Uh, by the way, we're not supposed to talk about dicks every episode, and we have failed yet again. No, I don't think we. I don't uh, think we said dicks this episode. We said holes well, and R-rated, <laughs> and now, but now you've brought it up. I did. Well, I, Bo brought it up, to be honest. But uh, what were we talking about? Oh, right. <laughs> Bojack Horseman is coming back with season four on September twentieth, and. Oh. If it's going to pick up from where last season left off, where I was a big old crying mess, then I'm pretty much going to 
be guaranteed to be an emotional wreck after watching this next season. Well, it looks like he's it looks like he's a little bit in a slightly better place, but yeah, still but despising himself that, for probably having a TV show now. I think the recurring theme here of BoJack Horseman and why I see him as such a tragic character is that it's not that he doesn't know what's wrong. And it's not even that he doesn't know how to fix it. It's that he just seems to be compelled and unable to actually permanently change himself. And I, and I completely identify with that where there is definite things that I get mad about myself about. And there's character failings inside of me that I wish weren't there. And I know that there's certain things I could do today that could change that and I choose not to and I go down into these weird spirals inside of my life constantly and it's like well I can't really blame other people it's me that's causing most of this yet that's who I lash out at first is the people closest to me and the the, the thing that I notice a lot that I identify with a lot is is that he is a horse he is well and, he's uh, he's hung yeah Oh, I did. I did mention my penis earlier because of the metric system. Okay, correct. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, but no, like he, I think he also he knows how to make himself better. But I think yeah. every time he tries to make himself better, he feels like he's making everyone else around him worse. Oh, Rem- that's a really cool, interesting insight. Remember when he tried or to help maybe- Hollyhock and it just went full, full blown horrible. Yeah. Or maybe more so that it's he can make him he doesn't understand how uh, he understands how everything works now where he's an awful person uh, and he's expected to disappoint people. If he is a better person and still disappoints people, how do you handle that? Yeah. So right? I think there's there's uh, several things that are going on there. One is I think he feels like that's why he went away for so much of last season where he felt like. People are better off without me either disappointing them because I'm the disappointing person or trying to be better and disappointing them or trying to help them and failing miserably. It's just better that I just don't exist. And then he doesn't see the the hole that he left behind in, in Hollywood with all of his yeah. friends and family that he just – he decimated them because the unknowing of where he was because um, Diane was just – falling apart you could hear in her phone messages to to bojack yeah. well yeah and there's uh i hope they also try something unique like last season they did the whole silent episode which i thought was done just beautifully uh so i'm wondering if they'll try something similar this season it doesn't have to be a silent episode but maybe just a interesting take on the genre i saw um i saw an article about the easter eggs of bojack horseman and there's thousands upon hundreds of millions oh i'm sure it's kind of like it really is i mean maybe the, I, I just call this up because will arnett is the voice of bojack but i feel like it is very close to arrest development in things that it sets up and pays off later on and things that you kind of pick up on on second viewings we're like oh wow okay they were they were setting this up from the very beginning. I don't even know how people pick some of this stuff up because one of the things that I read in this article was the first person that fell down the floorless uh, Holly, Holly, Halloween in January yeah. floor ended up yeah. in the silent episode in the background. He was just sitting there with a glass dome on his head. That's amazing. And I'm just like, okay. how do you even notice that? Yeah, that's a, that's a very dedicated fan. Because those those first of all, those episodes are not close to each other. Like, like at all. So you have to have some serious memory going on to be because the only person, first of all, the only person I remember that fell down that was Andrew Garfield. Which I mean, that was probably the best thing that happened to his career. So is that? Oh, by the way, I should mention that the Calgary International Film Festival is starting up here fairly soon. I have my pass already bought, and I'm trying to figure out all the movies that. I'm going to. Uh, but one of them is starring Andrew Garfield. It's the follow-up film for the director who did It Follows uh, called – I always get it wrong. It's Under the Silver Lake yeah, or I was, something I was in the Silver to, Lake. I was about to tell you something Silver Lake, but I can't remember what it's called. Yeah, yeah it looks, forget, it yeah, looks these, bonkers. Yeah, and uh, based on what some of my favorite current critics are saying, it's a very divisive film. So I, you're either going to really like it or really hate it. I'm – Guessing I'll probably be on the love it side. Well, yeah. That's, I'm guessing that, but <laughs> we'll, we'll see. It's 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 one of those things where would you rather would you rather if you read a review that said yeah pretty good 
Mm-hmm. Or if you read a review that said, you're either going to love the shit out of this or you're going to hate it forever and wish it would be burned. I would want the yeah. wish it would be burned movie. Yeah, no, I <laughs> I want to I want to have some sort of emotional yeah. response, right? The worst types of feelings I get is like even if I hate a movie and it's like, man, I spent movie on this movie that I absolutely hated. I'm like, at the very least, this the the artists involved with this have forced me to interact and, and engage with this film. Worse than that is be like, oh yeah, I saw a movie last week. I couldn't tell you a thing that happened. Yeah. <laughs> like it just is like a complete nothing burger. We talk about that every uh, once in a while on uh, Twitter or text, and I, I say I saw this movie and it was, it was you know what's worse than bad boring. Yeah, it's yeah. just so just boring. Bore me. Yeah. And I it asked me to name one of those movies, I couldn't. It, it leaves <laughs> my head. If I, I need to start like screenshotting my my tweets about these movies, so I remember them. But it's it's just why did you know you know ninety minutes. Of, of hatefully seeing a, a movie is is just is cathartic in a way. It's like I remember kind of the very the, one of the first times it ever happened because going to the movies was a very special occurrence growing up. So I didn't see very many in theaters, but I remember being in university and going and seeing this film. Again, could not tell you what the name of this movie is. All I remember, Ben Kingsley starred in it, and it was about a serial killer. And oh, I, I remember leaving the movie, and I was literally like that to my friends, like. I know we just watched the movie. I don't remember. Sus- <laughs> like, it's just like, it's like, okay. Yeah, that, that sounds about right. It's just like, it, there's things that happened. I experienced the film, and tomorrow it's all going to wash away out of my mind that I even saw this movie. Yeah, I think like Aaron Eckhart or something is the FBI agent in that. You could tell me anything, Grant, and I could believe you. I literally don't remember anything besides those two facts. Yeah, Aaron Eckhart. <laughs> I can't believe I remember this movie. I think I've seen it twice. It's not good. Jesus. It's not good. It's yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's wrap this up here then. Thank you everyone for listening. If you do want to get in contact with us or engage with us in any conceivable way, whateverpod at gmail.com is the best way to get in contact with us. You can also go to whatever pod on Facebook. So that's facebook.com slash whatever pod or twitter.com slash whatever pod. My own personal Twitter is at the Kyle Marshall. That's Marshall with two L's. Grant, what's your Twitter? Twitter.com slash Fejimans, F-E-J-I-M-A-N-Z, or Z, depending upon what country you're in. And, of course, we want to thank Tyler Hauser. We do want to thank Tyler Hauser for all of the music that he provided in this week and every week's episodes. By the way, Grant, uh, since I switched over to this new host that I talked about last time, this Transistor.fm, uh... Even though I do put like the, the, the show number at the end, it really struck me the fact that I think this is going to be, I forget, episode 73 or 74 or something of our second season, which means that we have done close to 200 episodes together, if we consider ep- uh, season one uh, in conjunction. That's with impressive. Yeah. It doesn't feel like that many, <laughs> but we've definitely done that many episodes. About five of those are good to be honest, but uh, so, <laughs> we still try. I got two streaming questions for you. Yeah. Now, one, will DC Universe fly or fail? That's the streaming service yeah. for DC. Which is the dumbest name they could have come up with. It just confuses mm-hmm. everybody. Even though DC doesn't call the DCEU the DCEU, everybody right, right. calls it that. It so now you're calling your TV show the DC Universe? You know, you know they could have gone with anything else, but... Um, you know, they're going to start, they, they start soon, uh, and then they're going to start rolling out their new shows, uh, like once a month after that for a little while. What do you think? Okay. So that's fly or fly or fail. I personally think fail. And maybe that's just me because I have uh, a prejudice against DC at this point. I just don't think it has the bench. Like their anime stuff. Phenomenal great stuff they have a great a lot of great live action stuff that has come out over the years and i'm sure they have like current tv shows like the arrow and uh, flash and stuff like that that are that are decent that people seem to like but i don't know if that's enough to make me want to pay ten dollars a month or whatever it's going to be yeah the the problem is uh when dealing i mean they're also providing you with the ability to read comics Oh, whole, okay. Well, that's that's different. Their whole then. backlog of uh, 
of movies. So Batman, uh, Adam West, Batman stuff, Super Friends, stuff like this. So, I mean, they're, they're basically taking everything that they possibly have and shoving it into this. Well, then I changed my answer. If it includes all the DC comics, then I think this could work. Now that I think there might be enough people that would make it even work. Even if they lose money on it, they're just going to keep it going because they won't admit defeat. And they will never admit how much subscribers they have unless they blow the doors off the building. Right, right, right. Ever. Okay, what's the second one? Picard's TV series. What do you think? Mm, I think it's going to spike the, the membership of the CBS app. For sure, hundred percent, it's going to spike it. Whether people will continue to use it after the show is over, like the season is over, doubtful. Now, what do you think it's going to be? Is he going to be an admiral? Is he going to be like a deep space nine captain, or is he still going to be on? He can't still be on the Enterprise. No, I, I can't imagine him still being unless there's again the inciting incident is a crew is taken out completely, and he's the only person that they can bring out of retirement to see the mission through or something like that. That could be interesting. I don't know. Like when they announced it, there's, I, I don't know where I want it to go necessarily. Again, I personally think that Star Trek works the best on TV rather than movies. Well, the, the last bit of discovery uh, I loved. Yeah. I, and I haven't caught up with it yet. I, I actually really did enjoy the two parter, like two first two episodes i hear that it dips in quality for a bit and then comes back yeah. to being good again it was i really liked uh the end and i can't wait for the next season and right. focusing on not a captain uh michael burnham uh an adopted vulcan basically and they're bringing right. in spock next season so interesting um anyways we're going off on tangents when we're supposed to be wrapping up here. What I'm, what I was leading up to is that I'm trying to think of what I would find the most dramatically interesting. And I mean, there's as much as I think Star Trek one, like Star Trek, the motion picture is not great. What I kind of enjoyed about Kirk in there is that he is an admiral that realizes that he hates being an admiral. Right. And I wonder if they could somehow have, Picard being this mentor while still having to uh, face like giant challenges. What those would be, I don't know. Um, so I see it going two ways. Either the first idea I had where he's like pulled out of retirement to help see a certain mission through, or yes, he's he's now in charge of multiple ships and is like helping out individual missions every so often. Like I don't know how that would actually work. It would. I'm interested nonetheless. I do want to see what happens. Remember that he was in training to be an archaeologist before he joined Starfleet. Okay. okay. What about it, what if it was Indiana Picard? Mm, that would be very interesting. Do you think that that uh, not Ben Kingsley, what's his name? <laughs> Sir Patrick Stewart. Sir Patrick Stewart is uh, up to the challenge of being that physical? Oh yeah, of course. Okay. Well, he's he's married to like a 40-year-old, so I'm sure that they have uh, plenty of activity just make it so all right that's a perfect place to end it